Welcome to Rain City Supercars, episode 37. I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And our podcast is almost as old as us, Dan. I know, one more episode and it's uh, our age. Well, I just figured we'd be shut down by the F- FCC or whoever they are. I've been pretty good with the beeps lately. Apparently, I, okay, everybody comes up to me, and I, I'm going to address this, and they go, oh, Dan beeps you. And I look at him and go, huh? A lot of times, and it's my own fault, I don't get a chance to listen to these a lot. Like, I mean, I'm here. I was there when we recorded it. Yeah, we hear the initial playback as yeah. we kind of check over it. But then, like, you know, I, I beep stuff so I can keep us on the air. And one of the, sometimes I just do it randomly for fun with unnecessary words. But that's just me being fun as the editor. Yeah, we uh, Dan and I took a little drive, which we're going to talk about here real quickly But uh, this weekend. But uh, one of the gentlemen at the lunch goes, oh, yeah, I was listening to your episode. And, and I don't, what, Nick, what were you saying when Dan kept beeping you? And I was like, um, I don't, I don't know. Apparently, I say enough offensive things on here that Dan has to beat me. Unnecessary, un, unnecessary censorship, I say. Probably. Jeez. I'm just a government puppet. <laughs> wow. Um, just like our um, politicians. That's what, oh, off your soapbox. Off your soapbox. Um, we don't have a guest today. We are our own guests, or I guess as the world sees it, I'm Dan's guest yet again on his podcast. Nick's his own best friend. <laughs> I'm my own. What's, remember that's I'm my own grandpa. I was thinking of Barf from Spaceballs. <laughs> I'm my own best friend. Half man, half dog. I'm my own best friend. There's <laughs> a lot of sadness and a lot of truth in that. But um, we're just going to kind of talk about a few things that are going on in our life. We're going to touch on some uh, some some viewer mail. I'm yeah, we actually get fan mail, which is kind of always blows my mind when I get. I would never thought I would use the words fan mail, but I guess that's what it is. So I'm making an email about a fan that broke last week. Does that count? Fan mail? No, bad joke. Okay, bad stretch. Moving on. Moving on. You did take your air conditioner that's, back. You're I welcome. Did, I did. God. Small plug for Costco. I own an air conditioner for three years, and all of a sudden, uh, it broke. And it started to rust. And I was like, okay, I'm going to throw it out. And I, I usually don't like to get rid of stuff. And Dan goes, take it back to Costco. And I'm like, okay, I'll take it back to Costco. And I was, I had my whole elevator speech. And in case people don't know what an elevator speech is in sales, it's it's the speech you go through that you're ready to go through. You've, re, you've rehearsed it. And I walked into Costco and I was like the second person there. And, and I was ready. I had my speech ready. And she goes, what's wrong? And I'm like, my air conditioner's broken and I bought it through. She's like, okay, do you want cash or charge? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> So, plus, uh, good to good to Costco for backing that up. But um, if you don't know, um, and we don't plug this a ton, but uh, this weekend is Italian Car Day at Exotics at Redmond Town Center. Yeah, which is easily one of the busiest days of the year. And it is Italian Car Day. It has changed from Ferrari Day. We will be having Maseratis. We will be having Lamborghinis. We will be having Ferraris, Alphas. It will be Italian Car Day. Yeah, and it's, like I said, it is one of the busiest days of the year. We get there at like 630 don't it, tell them that. Then people start showing up at 6.30. <laughs> we start organizing at 6.30. We will let you sit at the gate until 7.30. Yeah, that. Listen to that. We got to get our Starbucks and so that we can tolerate some people. Like each uh, other. Like each other. That's <laughs> the thing everybody goes, you got to drink so you can tolerate the people coming in? No, it's us. <laughs> we got to tolerate us. That's that's the that's the way it goes. Um, but uh, it's going to be an, an excellent, excellent day. Um, it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. Um, please, please dress accordingly. Please bring water. Uh, please bring us water. And if you see a thug on the side of the road, well, just leave it there. <laughs> they just pass out out there on occasion. Happens out all the time. Drinking um, all night. And then after Exotics Rebbin Town Center, we are independently, we're going to be heading down to our good friend Chrissy from uh, the America's Car Museum, LeMay. She is having a wonderful event down there called... Um, the Cruise in Carnival. 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 I get it. Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah. I see what you did. That joke's <laughs> almost as good as my fan joke. Uh, it doesn't start till two though, so we won't be going directly after exotics. We'll be going after. We're gonna grab some lunch and then head down there with a big group of friends. Yeah. Uh, those events are actually always really cool though. And if you have kids, this is a great one because they're gonna be showing Cars Three at the museum. Or if you or don't, it, yeah, don't so have we kids, will totally go be, see Cars. We'll 3. be watching. Car- <laughs> so the moral of the story is we'll be watching Cars Three down there, uh, but it's going to be a lot of fun, uh, and it, it's always a good good little drive down there. Obviously, the weather will be perfect, and if you're curious about it, come find us after Exotics, and we'll tell you kind of how to get there or where you should go. And we actually have a space saved for anybody that's a fan of Exotics, or I'm sorry, not a fan, but a uh, if you have an Exotic and you want to roll down exotic. with us, yeah. you just you we have special spaces. Yeah, saved. we have spaces set aside for you down there. 
yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be a lot of fun. So I mean, and then uh, on other news, as some of you may or may not know, Rain City Supercars does a drive down to Monterey every year called the Seamont Rally, and it's a actual sponsored rally this year. It's our first year we've kind of gone not necessarily big. We're still very picky with who we choose to do on group drives, which will be a later discussion of this. But uh, we've got a few good friends going, and we've got a few open spaces. That said, we uh, it's an exotic car rally. So there's that. You definitely, we, we want to know you. So we'd love to meet you if you're interested in going. We'd love to talk to you more. It's very low key. This isn't Gold Rush. This isn't Diamond Rally. Those are different kinds of events. This is a group of friends. Because well, it always works when we tell people this isn't Gold Rush. Nobody drives into a field, Dan. <laughs> that didn't happen on <laughs> that our rally. one time. One time. And they didn't listen to the driver's meeting. Or that episode. 31? 31. Yeah. No, that was like, that was last week's episode. I know, but that was, how to oh, run a group yeah, drive yeah, yeah, 31. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, did you hear we got hate mail on that? No. Oh, we did. That's right. We did. Um, and I, I, before I say this, I obviously won't be mentioning any names, but everything in this story is true. Um, we got hate mail from the guy that showed up in a Ferrari with a wolf. And not a dog. Not a hybrid. A wolf. Wolf. And somehow, and, and, th- and he- thought it was funny when somebody goes, "Well, is it a vicious wolf?" And the guy goes, "If you dress up like an elk, he'd kill you." Great bantered before we started drive well the funny thing was is he went to the gas station that wasn't the one on the map uh or on the route which i told everybody to go to which we all stopped at at the driver's meeting that he says we didn't have but we did and then but he parked on the other side of the road so if you've been to carmel valley like you can see one into town to the other and he lost a group of what eight cars on a road that went one way yeah like there's no side roads you once you're in there you go back and you go to monterey or you go forward and you go through carmel valley there's no like side road that goes anywhere out of there literally this you can't go you just go one way direction or the poor other. guy and his wolf so i don't know the- how he lost us oh, i can't believe this guy and his wolf lost the pack oh Ooh. <laughs> okay just so we're clear Dan has been working on some technical uh, issues with our, our sound system here at recording, and it's like 8.30 at night. So we're, we're like, we're beat. So the jokes are going to be bad, and they're going to continue, just so you know. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. It's stuck <laughs> in my head now. If you're mad about this, you can you can write us an email and howl about it. But stretching so far today. So stretchy. But no, um, it was funny. We got, we got some hate mail, and it was... But it was enjoyable. Speaking of group drives that oh boy. rocked and uh, nobody crashed on, thank God. Well, no, no. Okay. Go back. Seamont Rally. Oh, yeah. We have openings. Yes. Contact us if you're interested. You we can... are. We do have only like a couple of openings. We, we keep this pretty small and it's pretty intimate. And um, Yeah, you can info at raincitysupercars.com or you can just go to our webpage and fill out the, the field there. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. And I'll get back to you. Uh, Nick will pretend to get back to you. It'll work out just fine. He doesn't give me access to email. Let's be, let's everybody be honest. I mean, I don't. If I touch things, things start to stop. I he mean, has access to it. He just doesn't touch it for his own, for our own good. Well, yeah, for, for your the own good, good. You don't want me to touch it. Yeah, I was like, I went in there and redesigned it. Oh, what do you mean you redesigned it? I sent this to you for you to look at. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. But no, Dan and I, uh, we went on a little drive because oh, we haven't driven enough miles this month. Uh, we decided to go on a drive this weekend. And a really long one at that. Uh, if you go to dancedrives.com, it's my single longest, it's my longest single day drive on there. And I even state that in the thing. Um, I do need to update it now, though, because we have a ton of pictures. And I outed a little detour to it. So we did the Highway 20 drive. Uh, we talked about this, I think, on our first episode. It's the picture of Nick standing in front of his Maserati with the hood open, which we tried to recreate. Then we realized we couldn't stop eight cars on that road. But... I'm a little disappointed we didn't. We're just gonna have to go back. I mean, the funny thing is, is and I totally agree with you. We couldn't have stopped, but where did we stop the light? Because we pulled people over when I when I broke down. We stopped. Yeah, but we had people like off on one side on the left hand side. Oh, uh, okay. A couple of us on the right where we could fit. Yeah. And then I turned around and was facing the wrong direction. So, I, you know. Yeah. No. Anyway, breaking this is the law. The first time. Breaking the law. Anyway, so we did Highway 20, and if you look at the the group the group drive or go to thedancedrives.com, and it says I think it's called the cascade loop or something yeah um but now you can drive across diablo dam and you have been able to drive across diablo dam there's even a visitor center down there but it's often closed so we got all the cars to line up on the dam and drive across the dam and it's just beautiful i think it's better than hoover dam in my opinion um just because it's not as populated hoover dam's awesome but every time there it's like 110 degrees and it's packed to the brim fair it was close to 90 some degrees when we were there today yeah it was or yesterday i should say um, but I'll post the photos up. You guys have got to take a look at this. This is an amazing drive. And if you don't want to do the entire loop, 
just go up there and go to the dam and turn around and then go to lookout and turn around and come back. If you want to make a weekend of it, uh, we went up to Winthrop to Sun Mountain Lodge, who always treats us extremely well. We had great service as usual, easy parking. And that hotel is totally worth the destination. If you're an animal lover. It's not. It's not. It was a hunting lodge. It's a hunt. Yeah, that's, that's, they have a polar bear. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was a naturally occurring polar bear from that area, but, um, you know. <laughs> from Winthrop. <laughs> to world. Winthrop. It was really easy to find to hunt. I'm going to be honest. It really <laughs> stuck out. The most lost polar <laughs> yeah, exactly. bear. Exactly. Exactly. Is this Cleveland? <laughs> there are no seals here, and I'm so confused. Exactly. Where's your ice? <laughs> no, it is. It's a fabulous lodge. Um, it is a place to stay. Uh, huge pool. Uh, I mean, they have so many like sports. And they're up on top of a hill. And you don't really realize it's there. You can actually see it when you're driving into Winthrop. But to get there, you've got to go out of Winthrop and then come back. It's it's, it's an awesome amazing, ride. awesome winding road up there. Um, I tell everybody that the best time to drive Highway 20 to avoid traffic is like 6 in the morning. The problem is it's also the time all the deer like to cross the road. So it's hard to find a good time to go up Highway 20. With, it avoids traffic and you can still have some fun. It's a great driving road to get you know get in your car and let the music blare. And as a personal note, Gustav, we know you were listening to the Coco soundtrack in your Corvette. And singing you, along. And singing along. And we will be posting videos of it. Oh, wait, you already did post a video of it. So I'm definitely uh, taking that clip, though, posting it. It's fantastic. <laughs> we're, we're watching this video, awesome video of a good friend of ours. Um, and I Garov. call him Gustav. Garov is his name. I call him Gustav because it's just, you know, it's just easier. Because it way. makes no sense. Yeah, it's just, you know, why not? And, and he posted this lovely video of his drive. And Dan and I are watching the video, and all of a sudden I go, is he listening to the Coco soundtrack? <laughs> and, I'm like, and I look down and I go, yeah, but if we give him crap, it, it means we know what he was listening to. But we did know what he was listening to, but we were not singing along to it. So, <laughs> Not that we've ever been above singing along to Disney soundtracks. Oh, Thanks, let Amanda. Let it go, Dan. Let it go. <laughs> Jeez. No, uh, it was an incredible drive. We had so much fun. Uh, I actually, I actually took the BMW because um, we're going to put so many miles on the Maserati this year. Um, I just decided to take the BMW, and it hasn't, it hasn't been on a drive like that since we've kind of done a lot of the upgrades and put the new tires and made it run a lot better now. And um, we definitely had a little bit of power loss at the top of the, uh, oh yeah, the pass there. I mean, it was, uh, it was interesting to uh, kind of run behind. Well, I mean, I couldn't hear myself. I was running behind the GT3, and he's got, what has he got type of... Eisenman exhaust on it, which is, that thing sounds, I know this is going to sound weird, but if people haven't been behind the car, but it sounds like a 90s Formula One V10 at wide yeah. open throttle. It's amazing. It's the best sounding GT3 I've ever You can't hear your run. own car. No. Like, usually I drive the BMW by sound. Not. I had to actually look at the tack. <laughs> no, I, I can hear him when he downshifts behind me in the vet when sure. I'm accelerating. Yeah. And man, is that thing fast. I can't imagine what it sounded hearing us coming because we had your Z06, we had Gustav Z06, we had a, a Mustang Cobra, which gorgeous car, supercharged Cobra. Mustang Cobra. Didn't they come supercharged? Not that one. Uh, oh. Yes, but that one's modified. That one's modified. We had a GT3, a GT4, we had a Focus RS, um, we had a Dodge Viper, a last generation Dodge Viper convertible. Uh, BMW S1000RR. Yeah, and a, a Porsche uh, 911 Turbo. And I have to give some credit to, to Sean. Uh, Sean is, was one of the f- former guests, and he brought his Viper with Rose, because we love Rose. Rose is And he drove that whole drive, all 400 and some miles with the top down, which would have made me a, like a toasted chip. But, oh, yeah. I had my t- roof on the whole time. Oh, I yeah. love driving the roof off. But at 90, up to 102 degrees, I saw at one point, no. That's just like like sitting in a hairdryer in your face for four hours or eight so I gotta, hours. I got to give him credit. He gets out there, he drives that car, and I'm just, I'm looking at it going, I'm, I'm getting sunstroke looking at him doing it. Yeah, bro. I was like, do you need more sunscreen? And yeah, exactly. Like, no, I put some on, I'm good. Don't I'm, die. Like, okay. In case you don't know, Sean is the gatekeeper at Exotics, and everybody knows Sean. Which you should listen to his episode. It's a big favorite of everybody's because it is super entertaining to hear his Canada stories. So Sean came back this week and he's been gone on a vacation and everybody's like it's great to see you and he, he i think he thought we set him up he's like you've been telling people to say that i'm like no sean when you leave people miss you <laughs> and <I was> like, <laughs> when you're a staple of, of of an event and people expect to see you and they don't see you and they have to roll up and see dan right that's scary well you were that and you were kind of trying to get in a, a small pissing match with the guys painting the lines in the street <laughs> another story but yeah <laughs> Um, that was yeah. pretty funny. Actually. It was a lot of fun this weekend. We, we ended up we ended up coming back down 
from Winthrop through Twisp. Uh, made it through Twisp this year, which is good. Yeah. Okay. And then we ended up in Lake Chelan, which I, uh, as funny as it is, growing up in Washington, I had never been to Lake Chelan. And we bypassed it last time. So we didn't, because yeah. this time it, I said, you know what? It's only like a 25 minute detour if you go through downtown Chelan. And we took, made it a little longer, so we made some stops there. But yeah, we had to go to the bathroom at the Mexican restaurant. Nice Mexican. Great margaritas there, by the way. It's the one on the main street. Though. Wonderfully clean bathroom, actually, for a Mexican <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> Place is great. I go there with some Mateo. No, I, I, I agree. Like I said, I and and I, I, I will say this that we'll, and we're going to add this to Dan's drives on that. I should bring some swim trunks. Stop and take a dip because in the heat it would have felt really nice. Yeah, if you can find parking, which is kind of difficult to do in Chelan, but I, it's surprising to me how many people actually haven't been to Chelan. You're not the first person to tell me that who's local to the state and hasn't been to Chelan. And yeah. It's one of the deepest lakes in the U.S., and that said, if you dive in on a gorgeous 100-degree day, that top layer is like bathwater. But because it's one of the deepest lakes in the U.S., uh, if you dive down about 8 feet, it goes ice cold. Really cold. Like, really fast from what I hear. Yeah, it's amazing. It's yeah. Anyway, it's go to ama- Lake it is, It's amazing how many – I mean, not to get off on – we're not a lake show, but like between that, Chelan, and then Ponderay, they test submarines in Ponderay. It's so deep. It still seems weird, but I, I st- you, you think you're going to see like a giant truck with like a class 15 submarine going down the freeway, but you don't. They build them there, but it's kind of cool. Yeah. So, yeah, another great destination over to the uh, east side of the state, and then you know yeah. you get to go to Silverwood. Oh, I got to give you some credit too. So on the way back, what? Uh, we, we we stopped at that Chevron, but by in Snoqualmie Pass where Drew Brew is, and <laughs> on the way out there was this huge traffic jam down 90. And so Nick said, you take the bypass road. Well, okay, for, and I, I don't want to take too much credit. I did say that, but do you know why I said that? Mm-mm. When you left the Chevron and you went to try to get on the freeway, right? Yeah. You couldn't get on the freeway. Well, no, I saw the signs not to go that way. I was oh. going to turn around and go the other way. Oh, I didn't see those signs. <laughs> well, I knew the road existed, but I didn't know that the road was closed. Yeah. Your accident sent me down yeah. this. There's this, I mean, I know about the road, but it just, for some reason, it didn't occur to me that that would be a faster route. But sure enough, it was way more fun. One of my favorite roads. And it, it's a slow road, too. It's yeah. so much fun. Yeah, don't go too fast because there's people that'll park like halfway in the road and you will hit them. But even it, it's forest, it's, what is it? Forest Service Road. Oh, I don't know. So basically, right if, you, if you were coming out of if you were coming out of Seattle at the end of Tinker, Tinkerham Road, Tinkham, Tinkham Road, you'd get off, and instead of going to the right to Tinkham, you'd take a left. Yeah. And it's and the best way I can describe it is when I ninety splits to go up the pass. There's yes. a there's a road that goes up between, and there's some camping sites there that you can walk up under I ninety and go up to the falls and things like that. Yep. Wonderful hike, by the way. And Easy this, one too. This road is just yeah because of that. There's some yeah. Never mind. <laughs> it's an easy hike. That's all I'm going to say. And some people get up there that shouldn't be hiking, and it's not easy for them. Plain and simple. Um, <laughs> a lot of huffing and puffing, and don't no, die. Hu- no houses are being blown down. But it's a f- fabulous road. You wouldn't, and you don't even know it's there if you're on I-90. That's yeah, if you're not looking for it, you won't yeah. see it. But it was an awesome little bypass, a little quick little detour at the end of the day that was really fun after we've been sitting in traffic for a little bit. I was laughing because uh, because I took the BMW and had the slowest car this weekend. I got I got to play the blocker at the end. You know, the guy that pulls out in the middle of the road and blocks the road while everybody can come out. And by doing that, and I was telling Dan this earlier. Like when you have the amount of cars or the, the the type of cars that were in this group with us, and they're all out driving, and we they, everybody was passing pretty responsibly, except for one Gustav, because he was probably singing "Let It Go" or something like yeah, that. Yeah, sixteen was, minutes into his video. Sixteen minutes into his video. <laughs> when I go to pass people after you guys have passed people, they were somewhat a little agitated at times, even though you guys were passing in passing zones and things like but that. Yeah, I was gonna say none of us were. Oh no, double no, no lane nothing was illegal. Like that. No. But it was just, I think, you know, hearing a vet go. Whoa, and hearing a GT3 go by where you can't hear anything, and then another vet, and then the Cobra, and then the Viper, and then and then I'm buying my, my BMW. <laughs> People were kind. They did. They weren't as happy to see me come by. You know, we only had two. We had that one guy in the van with the Arizona plates who was just oblivious. He had easily, and not just us. He had probably 20 cars behind him. Oh yeah, there were 15 behind me, and that plus like, yeah, you guys. Yeah. yeah, we were trying to count how many times this guy was was holding up traffic and not pulling over. We had him, and then we had the one guy in the Subaru. Who was he did del- that intentionally. Yeah, he was and he was driving very dangerously. Yeah, he was intentionally blocking and trying to not let people pass in a passing zone, double lane passing zone. And luckily, we had enough power to get around him and adjust his thinking. But it was a uh, yeah. Only throughout the day, most people were great drivers and great riders, and it was just a fantastic drive all around. A lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kevin and Caitlin came up for half the drive. Brought both the new pug, the new pug, and the old pug comrade and. 
Clementine. Yes. So we had dogs on the first part of the... It was a lot of fun. We had a good time. But uh, um, that's sort of an update. We're going to come back uh, right after this and kind of answer some questions and get into some things that have kind of come across the uh, info at, at uh, Rain City Supercars. Uh, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. This is Dan from Rain City Supercars. Rain City Supercars is brought to you by M Squared Fitness, personalized fitness and personalized performance. Nick and I are both members at M Squared and can personally testify to the great results. You can find M Squared Fitness at m2-fitness.com or on Facebook or Instagram at m2fitnessredmond. Mention Rain City Supercars and get your first visit free. But remember, you've got to mention Rain City Supercars. And we're back. So we've got some listener mail. Uh, first one was actually a message I got on Facebook from Zev Carlisle, who's a photographer I see often at Exotics. And he was listening to one of our episodes and he goes, if I wanted to check my brakes and fluid and tires for wear, uh, how do I do that? And do I need to go to a shop? So I say, when in doubt, go to any shop that does brakes and tires like Les Schwab or discount. I think Les Schwab does uh, probably, uh, they often do free brake inspections and free tire inspections. So if you're looking for just the, a lot of time with the Les Schwab though, they're just putting a flashlight to the wheel and they're not really, and that's really what you're doing. Um, you can get a brake feeler gauge. They're dirt cheap at Harbor Freight and they'll tell you what your pad thickness is. You can look up online pretty easily what your minimum pad thickness is. The rule of thumb, obviously make sure your brakes are cold. Do it when you haven't driven your car for a few hours at least. Um, so on the rotor, typically, if you don't have a, an actual gauge, if you're looking for, and this is a very rough way to do it, take your hand and move it to the outside edge of the rotor. If you can feel the lip on the outside edge, that means your rotors are probably past uh, their replacement point. Not always, but that's kind of just a, a general rule. Your pads have a wear line down the center of them, unless you have individual pads like a per like a six piston or four piston caliper, like a C6 Z06. But if you just have single piece pads, there's a wear line down the center mm -hmm. of them and a strip that makes noise. So I don't mean cold brake noise like uh, some performance pads do, but they actually have like a little spring that hits the rotor and makes a squealing noise. That's it. Just look at your pads, look for that wear line down the center and you'll see how with the minimum thickness is. Uh, like I said, a it's, just a, it's a groove. You look, it, you look at it from groove, the top, right? It's like the a center. groove. So if, if both sides of those pads on the groove are even with that or not, it's not there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, like on the BMW, when we we're doing, you have, there's wear sensors. Yeah. And the, the, when most the sensor gets triggered, triggered <laughs> when your car is triggered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, and it goes and posts brain. a tumbler. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah. so those are just the rough guidelines like i said any shop uh that's worth its salt will typically do this for free anyway they can tell just by looking at them these days um if you're getting a pulling sensation in the wheel that's typically an uneven that's typically a seized caliper uh so look for that as well uh you won't always see fluid that's not often common with a seized caliper but just look in there especially if you got a car from the east coast or anywhere they use a lot of salt on the roads that can be a pretty common thing but if you had your brakes regularly serviced uh it's usually not a problem Always get a second opinion. Yeah. Brake shops want to sell you brakes. I mean, and there's been tons of studies and, and, and news agencies that have bought brand new cars and taken them into brake shops. Oh, you need new brakes. Yeah. And the good ones, especially like your dealer, uh, and the dealer will do this. They will give you an actual measurement and they'll be able to back it up. Be like, here's our gauge. Here's the measurement we took. Good to go. Uh, that's now that's kind of the standard way to do it. I still think back to the time when you, you had bought the vet and you drove it. Like how many thousands of miles were on that car when you did that first brake check? They, they did. There was like, was there 10,000 miles on that car? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was between eight and 10,000 miles. On the carbon ceramics on your vet. And, yeah. and he goes, yeah, he goes, yeah, your brake pads are down to 99%. <laughs> so I burned 1%. Yeah, I, what happened was I had a pad sensor going off and it was freaking me out because I'm like, there's no way I used this much pad because those pads for the for a set are like 1,500 bucks. Mm -hmm. And so, and then the rotors are 12,000, I think, for the set. So I was just like, I mean, I was driving the car relatively hard, but only street driving. So not, yeah. not nearly any track temperatures that would be constantly heat cycling the brakes. I'm freaking out because I'm like, this is obviously when you wear it, your what brakes, it's not I a warranty done? issue. <laughs> I'm like, how did I do this? And they're like, oh no, it's just a bad sensor. And so they're like, they gave me a pad reading and to, to measure the rotor, you have to pull it off and weigh it with carbon ceramics. You can't just measure it. FYI, if you try and measure it, you will crack them. Don't do that. Uh, but you have to take them apart, take them off the car and weigh them to get an actual Wait, thickness. I didn't know you'd crack them if you measure them. Yeah, that's why they have like a, if you get a car with carbon ceramics, they come with a foam pad you wrap around the edge of the rotor. So when you take off the wheel, if you hit the edge, it doesn't crack the rotor. It's like glass where it's really hard to hit it straight on. But if you tap the edge of a windshield, it'll shatter the whole thing. Works the exact same way with carbon ceramic rotors. I had no idea. Yeah, they'll chip off and break. 
it's pretty bad when they do. Just like with the the new uh, McLaren Senna, um, like the rotors take like nine months to build each one. Yeah, I wonder the I wonder why. I I really should look into that. I'm gonna go look at like how it's made because that looks fantastic. Well, I, I guarantee you the one person that could tell you locally is uh, Paulo at the Lamborghini Lab. I mean, yeah, he is. If you guys don't know this, and we've mentioned it before, many years ago there was a collaboration, and it kind of still is between the University of Washington, Lamborghini uh, Automobilia, and Boeing. And Callaway Golf. I did not know about the Callaway Golf. Yeah, that's what sort of golf clubs, Jeff. Initially, the the carbon the uh, carbon um, advanced carbon services lab, something like that. Yeah, it was ACSL on the, is what it, it was on. For. It was on the UW campus and has since moved to a location that is, of course, somewhat discreet. undisclosed. <laughs> yeah, discreet um, <laughs> for for security purposes. But they are the ones that, if you haven't seen a new Lamborghini Performante. Uh, they're the ones that developed that new um, forged carbon. I think forged carbon, which is probably going to be taking, like you said, going to be taking over the straight carbon weave, which again looks so dated to me now. Uh, yeah, ever, after seeing that on the Performante, I don't want anything else. And I and I have the carbon package on my vet, but I want that on everything now. It's beautiful. Well, you sit there and you think about like it's about time. Like when when you think about the carbon weave is on the Ferrari F40. <laughs> Right, yeah, and 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 was used before that in F1. But I'm saying that's when the first car you when you really started seeing those carbon weaves. Like, and so that was 1991. So it was time for a new carbon fiber technology. Yeah, I think 89, even 89. Okay. Yeah, I say then. Yeah. I think parts of the 959 were Kevlar too. That's back yeah. in the 80s, 86. Ah, I mean, Kevlar. Yeah, good stuff. All right, next question from actually a lot of people in person and even in a few emails. I didn't realize I hadn't discussed this. Does so much. this look infected? No. Different questions. Different questions. Okay. Never mind. Sorry. Wrong website. Again. It's not a website. WebMD. I'm a doctor. <laughs> there's another funny story behind that, but we no, won't go to that. I forgot about that. No, there's not. <laughs> uh, next question was, why did I choose the vet? And what else was I looking at buying? Uh, how do I keep it so clean? How many miles does it have now? Why are you so good looking? I don't get that one often. Well, only when you're in the vet. Oh, yeah, that's it. He's to answer, not 60. To, to answer the first question of why he bought the vet, one word. America. That's it. Moving on. Yeah, done. Anyway, no. I actually looked at uh, a few other cars. One I wanted more and didn't want to spend the money on. Um, it came down to kind of that perfect mix of enough room that I could go for road trips on, comfortable enough that I could go on road trips on. There's actually a ton of room in the back of the vet. People are always surprised when I pop the rear deck lid. And it's got a ton of room. I've literally put a tent, two sleeping bags, backpacks. We've, we've had a person back there. True. Yeah. Yeah. I was deciding how far we wanted to go on that, but <laughs> we dug that hole deep. It's fine. It's a great, I mean, you can get a person, <laughs> a shovel, a couple of tarps. Um, <laughs> makes a great campsite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So actually the biggest reason I, I bought that over everything else was the removable roof. I'm not even kidding. Well, it makes sense. I mean, how many cars out there really have like removable roofs like that? Yeah, I really wanted a Spider, like a, a McLaren. Uh, obviously, that was well out of my price range. I looked at convertibles and stuff like that, but I'm not a big fan of soft tops. Uh, no matter what they're on, I'm just the look isn't as appealing to me, and I feel a little safer in a car. Even though I don't think it really is, I, the chances of me rolling a car are slim to none. But even I th then, I think that's a lot of the reason why Sean drives with the roof down. Because with the Viper with the roof, I don't know if I've ever seen the Viper with the roof up. Yeah, Speak that's going back to our other stories. But I'm just saying. But I looked at uh, a Viper ACR, uh, the current gen Viper ACR before that, and I drove one and decided, nope, <laughs> that's not going to be it. That is a 100% one-trick pony. That thing does one thing better than just about anything else out there for the money, and that is go fast on a track. Nothing else. The front overhang on that thing is so long, you can't see anything out of the freaking car, and it rides so rough on the street that it was like, nope. Even that, that was probably that probably would have been a better investment if I was not driving it as much. I don't. You come to think of it, you don't see them on the street. No, you never see ACRs. There's two uh, in the shop in downtown Seattle. Yeah, and I think they're oh, the same right. owner even, and they're gorgeous. And every time I'm in there, I just drool over them because I think they're just beautiful. But uh, yeah, that was way too impractical, even for somebody who me. Where like, did you find one to drive? I knew a guy. I knew a guy. You knew a guy. <laughs> I know a guy. What's the old line? That was one of those don't tell anybody let you drive this thing yeah. kind of thing. Um, I looked at an Audi R8. What's, uh, what's the line from Starsky and Hutch with, with a Huggy Bear with it, it's uh, Snoop Dogg? He's like, it's a, it's a 76 Cadillac. 
how'd you get one of those already? I knew a guy who knew a guy who robbed a guy. <laughs> Great line. So, yeah. You drove uh, what? A Cadillac? No, an R8. R8. Oh. Yeah, I looked at an R8 uh, with a gated shifter mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, that was actually a really close runner-up. But for the price of a 2010 R8 V10 with a six-speed, was the same price as a 16 Z06 brand new off the showroom floor. And I wanted the warranty. I put, I've got, to answer the further question down, I've got almost 32,000 miles on my Corvette. Um, and I needed that. I wanted that warranty. And it's it's never given me a real problem except for the charger cooler that blew. But I, I will say this. Um, I was a fan of the R8 when it came out. And when the new body style that's out now came out, I, it was hideous. And as of today, official, I'm, I'm, I love that car. Yeah, I just I absolutely love that car. Um, you know, uh, our good friend Jason Boryog had a had a what is it a, a convertible V10, and I love that car. And I was I thought that that Audi could not make a more beautiful car. And now they have released this new one, and it is just gorgeous. And apparently, I was watching on YouTube one of my YouTube people, and uh, there's a rear wheel drive version now you can get. Like it's just strictly rear wheel drive, but it is gorgeous. And I could I mean. Again, way out of my price range. I always love to say that. I could totally own that car, minus making the payments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was looking at used. And then the other car I almost bought instead of this one, it came really close to buying, was the Shelby GT350R. Um, that flat plane crank awesome car. V8 sounds incredible. And that car drives awesome. And I mean, I'm a Corvette owner. I'm used to cliches. But that car is <laughs> amazing. The problem was, is every dealer I talked to, I decided I never wanted to talk to ever again. Um, oh, they were probably selling it to you at exact cost, right? I could find them MSRP all over the country, but I didn't want to, f- I, for the first time ever in my life, I didn't want to fly out to a car I didn't know, pick it up and drive it home. Not in a 350R with carbon fiber wheels and the whole nine. I wanted to do something local and easy. And yeah, I just couldn't find a local dealer I wanted to work with. And I mean, I know a few people I could have talked to now that I think it would have been okay. But even then, it would have been a struggle for them to sell it at MSRP in this market. Because you can sell cars over MSRP here pretty easily if they're in demand. And at the time, that was a pretty in-demand car because it was relatively new. It was just like the RS or the Focus RS when it came out. Yeah, exactly. If you could find it. same even And the Raptors as well. And so it was the problem was dealing with Ford uh, and People who have Focus RSs and dealing with the head gasket issues and things like that have had a nightmare dealing with a lot of the dealers. And not it's strangely not because of the dealer so much, but because of Ford behind the dealers dealing with it and making it difficult for the dealers. Ford, I will say this, Ford's got some issues right now. I mean, the stuff they put, they pulled with the new GT. And the, the new Raptor. And the new Raptor. I mean, just like, you know, like the, 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 the process to get a new GT and how they, they didn't even yeah, follow their own a- rules. And then they released more cars and... And now, you know, and um, I, I think we mentioned it, like one burned down in, in Europe and, you know, it was just... They, yeah, they've had too many missteps. It was, but it was well, the Well, then company. the guy that was running that program got fired all of a sudden. Yeah. It was, it was very interesting. I just, I find that they're, they're in a transitional period, we'll say. Yeah. But the, basically, what I boiled down to the vet fit me and my budget. The car I wanted more and didn't get because it was just a little too far out of my price range was the GT3. And even though it doesn't have uh, the removable top, I love that car. And every time I see one, every time I'm around, uh, our friend David has one, I am more impressed by that car. I, I, should, I think Autumn has one. <laughs> she just lets David drive it. That's true. Yeah. Technically, yeah. she's got two Porsches. But yeah. We did a second gear pull um, up Highway 20. and we No, were just... it was on an unmarked uh, runway. Because oh, I didn't definitely... say I was exceeding the speed limit. Oh, of course it was not. just a yeah. hard pull Allegedly. out of second gear. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. And he was keeping up with me right on my tail. Yeah. Which is, for, I think he has like 200 less foot-pounds of torque, at least 150 less horsepower, or, or right around, I think a little over 500. So 100 less horsepower, let's say. Sure. Still on my tail. Yep. And I mean, and his car weighs, I think, maybe 250 pounds less than mine. Yep. So that says a lot about how well that car drives. And it can hold a corner probably better than mine, even... Eh, that holds a car better or corner better than mine, but yeah, yeah, um, or at least not the same. So that's saying a lot. And you cannot beat Porsche's fit and finish on the interior, especially on a GT3. They are absolutely gorgeous, beautiful, it's an absolutely gorgeous car. I, I mean, I keep thinking you can't beat it. Then you see a GT3 RS and a GT2 R. Yeah, uh, there's a. I won't drop the name, but I, I know someone who's getting a GT2 RS in November, and I cannot wait to see it. I don't think I'll get behind the wheel of that one, but I'll be happy with the ride I get, and I cannot wait. And seeing Drivers Club's GT3 RS on kind of a regular basis now, that car just kind of blows me away every time I see it. So. I just want Amanda to let me drive it. I know. Please, Amanda. Doug, please. Doug. 
No, Amanda. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's the story behind the vet. Oh, how do I keep it so clean? That was the other one. Um, he washes it. I wash What's it wrong a lot. with you people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's a, I have a hard and fast rule. You kind of treat it like a kid playing outside all day. You don't put him in bed covered in filth and dirt. So last night after our drive, it was 10 o'clock at night because it was 90 degrees out. And I didn't want to wake up my neighbors by washing my car in the middle of the night. Or not in the middle of the night, but that late. And so I actually grabbed all my gear and I took it to a brown bear where I used my own mitts and everything else. And yeah, I didn't use their brush. Don't worry, folks. I've talked about this on here before. On Speaking of that, if you have to wash your own car in a brown bear, the nighttime is the best time because during the day they sometimes have attendants there. And they don't like it when they do that because you're you're... You're taking too much time. Right, exactly. I don't so, get in the way. Although it's kind of funny. When I pulled up, it was full. I had to wait. Um, oh, yeah. Because it was so hot out all day. Nobody washed their cars. But yeah, as soon as, as, soon as we did our, our drive, I got back. I cleaned all the bugs off. I cleaned the wheels. I cleaned the exhaust. I cleaned everything. And I, do, I don't do a quick job because that's how you get bad things on your paint. But yeah, so that's what I do. Like I said, I never put it to bed dirty and it I, has stays I mean, clean. I'm holding back on so many things right now. <laughs> I, know. I just want you to know that. Like the intent is there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what's our next one? <laughs> <laughs> well, we Dan, <laughs> um, this comes from the Cars and Coffee things of uh, why do you really hate Stanced? And why did you once call them the pedophiles of the car world? <laughs> called them this is, this is a simple answer because they are. No. <laughs> no. Um, I think we've addressed this before, but to address it in a mature manner on... <laughs> ah, oh, sorry. <laughs> it, uh, on a actual, like, why my feelings are really strong against that, I feel like it's the participation trophy of the car world where you don't have to do something to a higher level of quality and you still get rewarded for it. You can cut corners, you can make something worse, you can make something more dangerous, and no matter what you say it is, that's why you're getting fix-it tickets. I, that's that's the reason. I, I was pointing at you, not the screen. Um, they're dangerous. Yeah. Those it, cars are dangerous. That's, that is my thing. Like I have seen maybe two stanced cars in my life that were done correctly where I didn't feel like when they were on the freeway, a wheel wasn't going to come off and go to, through my windshield. Yeah. And that's not necessarily stanced as it is uh, flush where everything just fits really tight and tidy and the stretch isn't very much. No, I'm talking about where the wheel, rear wheels are out so far you're running on like the... Like, exactly. Know. Yeah. Like there's a reason they're getting fix-it tickets left and right for those. And that's just it. If it was, it would be one thing it'd be if they just trailered the shows. And I mean trailered because you don't want to drive that car on the road. I actually have you a... can't get them on trailers. I have a photo on my phone. I was in downtown Kirkland in the vet and I was behind a three, an orange 350Z with a huge over fender kit and the huge I mean, crazy camber and not a block later he blew the bead in front of me on the right rear and he was luckily he was only going about 10 miles an hour but can you imagine blowing a bead i mean blue like he was down to the rim yeah like can you imagine doing that at 70 nope. you're going to immediately veer right into whatever's next to you so and that's just it you're, you're cutting corners and calling it style it's it's a safety thing to me i mean like i said i, I very rarely see i mean the show cars that go on trailers and come off trailers yeah do whatever you want i don't and care i still and, and to that to that point i don't understand why you do it like i don't understand like i was watching a guy a video on, try to take his scion out of his driveway and he couldn't and his driveway was flat and it went to the road and it was flat and he couldn't get it out with a piece of without a piece of wood i mean it's just yeah it, it, like I said, it's cutting corners, and I don't like anything that cuts corners to get a result. And, it, and what's worse is it's just that that cliche of people are getting something for n doing nothing. Like they're taking a decent car, destroying it. It's worthless after that. Like there's no, and I guarantee you, they're all cutting corners with their insurance. No insurance company on their planet is going to insure that. If they see that car in person, they're going to pull their insurance and be like, "No way, not a chance. You're sure. a liability. You're dangerous." I mean, it, it's a dangerous thing to me, plain and yeah, simple. That's, it comes a, down to that. I know we joke about it, and we, um, and I'll continue you know, to joke about it, and we'll continue to joke about it, and, and the, uh, you know, the vaping and the, yeah, yeah, and it, it is a joke. Like that's just it. Like they're the juggalos of yes, the car world. You are a joke. No, <laughs> I mean they really are to any respectable builder. <laughs> juggalos of the car world. <laughs> is that we're gonna get sued? Um, <laughs> probably by the juggalos. <laughs> Probably. Because the Juggalos don't want to be compared to anybody from Stanced. That's true. Um, We're sorry, Juggalos. Yeah, that exactly. was mean. Sorry. That was inappropriate. Sorry. You guys have your own culture. You clown people are just wonderful. <laughs> yeah. uh, the next one we have is, uh, they, they keep asking both of us. Yeah. Um, X is a good one, actually. Will your next car be a manual? Um, absolutely. Uh, maybe not. Um, I... I am one of those true believers. I mean, I, the Maseratis, you know, obviously paddles. Uh, the BMW is a stick, and so is the Triumph. Um, I am no, I am not a race car driver. I and I and because of that, and I don't have any ambitions of ever doing that. And I know driving a manual is slower. 
I don't care. I enjoy it. I enjoy um, when I get out and drive. Like yesterday, I had so much fun in the BMW. I mean, and I, I mean, I, I have fun in the Maserati, but and the Maserati is great, especially I, I, a manual is great for downtown driving. But I love going through the gears. Automatics great for downtown. I'm sorry, sorry. Automatics are great for downtown. Yep. I like going through the gears, plain and simple. Um, I would gladly take. I mean, I'd love to see a, a manual Porsche in my garage. I'd like to see a lot of things in my garage. Let's just be honest. But it's. I. I, I just think. And I think a lot of these companies that are taking away the manuals, Lamborghini and Audi, well, I'm the same thing. I think they're stupid. I think, you know, one of my favorite cars on the planet right now in this in this area is Roy Katz's manual uh, Murcielago SV. Oh, yeah. That's a car that has, there was a time, I'm still kicking myself because this was a bad decision still, where I could have stretched really far and picked up a Murcielago in a manual. And it would have been, a, like I said, a huge stretch to do it. But those I things, thought there was going to be one coming on the market here pretty soon. Yeah, the, but not for what I can afford now. But there was a time those things were going for low hundreds. Yeah, I know. Now they're going for low two to three hundreds. <laughs> because, again, the lack of, of the car being manuals is driving the price up. Yeah, I think if they did a limited run of the, uh, not the Aventador, but if they did the Huracan in a limited run rear-wheel drive manual, like maybe just like a 1500. I'd sell love to see so an Aventador fast. in a manual. I don't know where, I in my mind, I don't know how it would work with the dash, but I think it'd be so awesome. Yeah, it would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, so me, um, maybe not. Uh, I My Audi is is not manual. It's their, uh, what's I forget their actual name for it, but it's a DSG. And I actually really like that transmission. It was fantastic the, on our road trip. The name trip. is not a manual. Yeah, it's not a manual. Are you a manual? No, I am not a manual. <laughs> Yeah, and we, we can argue semantics. Yes, I know it's a DSG. It's got clutches in it versus a torque converter. We're not talking about that. I'm talking about there's no clutch. Do you pedal have on the floor. to push the clutch? Yeah, yeah third pedal or no third pedal? No yeah. third pedal. So, yeah. uh, but that transmission's actually great. I'm a huge fan of that transmission. Um, nothing compares to in that world to the Porsches. The Porsches PDK on their latest models in the GT3, the 911 Turbo. Nothing. I've never, including Ferrari. I was just talking to uh, Drivers Club about this as well. Um, they were, we're talking just comparing transmissions and that DSG in the GT3 RS is as good as it gets for something without a third pedal. I don't think there's a better transmission I've ever felt in my entire life. The, that is like blink shift, like faster than you can blink. I've never seen a car shift like that. Yeah. Um, that said, I love that my Corvette is a manual. I don't ever regret buying that in a manual versus the automatic. Not for a second. Well, most people that buy those Corvettes and manuals, they get like the bright colors and they do, you know, like yellow and, you know. You mean the autos? Yeah, the autos. They just don't know how to drive. So it's just, you know, <laughs> every statement has a purpose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even though the eight speed is faster in the VET, it's faster in the ZR1, it's faster in every model they make. But it's uh, it just, I wanted to connect with the car a little more. And because it wasn't my daily driver, uh, I wanted the manual. It was a very specific thing I looked for when I bought the car. So I agree. I mean, it's just, I love the Audi. Obviously, if you listen to listen to episode thirty six, and you you that Audi did insane for that three thousand mile drive. It was just so comfortable to drive. So yeah, yeah. let's uh, take another break. We've got a few more questions to answer, and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Nick from Rain City Supercars. This part of the podcast is brought to you by M Squared Fitness. Personalized fitness, personalized performance. Find M Squared Fitness online at m two fitnesscom Mention Rain City Supercars, get your first session free. And that's how I got rid of the infection. Really? Oh, oh God, we're back. Sorry. Um, hey, welcome. Um, that was a totally different episode. We I hit record at fun times. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Well, um, this is something we get a lot, and I don't quite know why. Um, I, I think that people listen to our, our podcast and, and hear about all the good stuff that happens, and they always kind of want to know, well, what about the bad stuff? Yeah, there's... I've been doing this a long time. I've actually got quite a few horror stories. I mean, I talked about the C63. That was that was awful. That's, uh, that's the one that like shut down on the middle of the freeway? Yep. Huh. A few times. They wouldn't times. start until you click the key like 100 times in a row. Then How'd you figure out that pattern, by the way? Like You just keep trying out of frustration. Um, that's when the, the lug nut sheared off on it. Uh, the lug studs had been replaced for aftermarket wheels, and they used really cheap steel, so those sheared off. Luckily, only three of them. So two. I told you that happened to me, right? No. Uh, I was working at a shop in Spokane, and a woman came in with extra we uh, new wheels, and we told her, you need new studs. And she said, no. And she, I said, yeah, you need new studs. This won't work. She said, no. So we filled out a waiver that said, you need new studs. And she said, no. 
We put the tires on. She drove out of the parking lot. Wheel fell off. <laughs> and she came back to me and said, why'd that happen? And I said, because I told you you needed new studs. <laughs> we'll fix it now. No, it's out of the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, you, no, yeah. The nightmare customer you don't Hyundai's. want to Hyundai's. Yeah, no. Yeah. So, Hyundai's a great car. Isn't what it? is your worst experience? You know, I, it's funny. I had, as I was reading this, I had this all in my head. It all revolves around the same car, and it's actually not the Mercedes, believe it or not. Uh, that was a bad owner, but the car itself, I do believe the C63 is a fun car with a genuinely pretty reliable history if it comes from a good owner. My actual worst car experience is with my 93 RX-7, uh, all the way across the board, from my own fault stuff to trying to get it repaired. That car was in the shop way more than I owned it. It never really ran right from the second I got it to the second I sold it. Well, actually, I take that back. When I sold it, it had a V8 swap uh, by the time it changed hands. So it ran great once I got rid of everything Mazda. <laughs> great platform. Yeah. Horrible engine. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, so it started with uh, I got the car that had already been modded from somebody else, which was none of it was done right. It had missing vacuum lines. Those things have 72 vacuum lines under the hood. Do you miss one? They never idle. They don't idle correctly, period. But you don't do that. They idle even worse. But... Um, so I had all this work done by a now defunct company out of Redmond um, that said they had done a bunch of stuff that I had requested on the car. And I had a pretty detailed list from, this is pre-internet, so it was a lot of reading of magazines and calling manufacturers and huge lists, dumping money into this thing. And I was young, so I was dumping every single dime I had into this thing. It was literally like, I'm going to eat ramen today so I can order this stuff. That was where I was at with this thing. And I, they, in and out of the shop, in and out of the shop, in and out of the shop for at least eight months. I finally got the car back, sort of by force, saying, I'm picking my car up. I don't care what you have done, but I'm going to do an inventory out of it. And they hadn't done half the stuff they said they did. By the time the motor blew for the third time, I had it fully apart, and I had learned enough to know what hadn't been done. The porting wasn't done right. And they charged you for it? Oh, yeah. Oh. So, and then they went into business. So I never got Wonder the money why. back. Yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah. There was a bunch of lawsuits going around for them. I never got the money back. I never saw I mean, I had huge loss on that car. But my own fault, and probably the worst experience I've ever had in a car, um, is I wrecked that car pretty bad. I was going, it's 99% my fault. So I was going over an overpass in Arlington, the one by 210, uh, I think it's 208 where the Denny's was, or is. Um, anyway, I'm going westbound over this overpass to go towards Sylvana, and I'm going way too fast. I, You're going over I-5? Going over I-5 on the overpass. I'm leaving the Denny's parking lot, taking a left. And I'm going, why does everything bad happen to you at Denny's? I know. Right? Last time we were there, you fell asleep. <laughs> Long story. Yeah. So I'm going way too fast out of this parking lot, showing off with my brand new car with my buddy in the passenger seat. And I know there's a stop sign at the other end. And so I ease off a little going over the top because I, I see a car coming. But there's a stop sign. So he comes up and I, and I punch it because I'm like, okay, he's going to stop. And I'm just going to go fly into this perfect straight stretch of road with nobody on it. At the time, there was like two farms there and a gas station. He ran the stop sign. And so... But I, you ran the stop sign. He ran the stop sign. There's a stop sign for me. I'm going over the overpass. He's stopping to get off the freeway. There is no stop sign for you. No. So oh, I'm just gotcha. wide open. I'm not going to run the stop oh, sign. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. But I'm going way too fast. Let's yeah. put this thing clear. This thing had easily 500 horse at the wheels in a 2,600-pound car because I'd lightened everything on this car. And so I'm probably doing 100 and plus. This is when I'm like 20, 19. And he runs the stop sign. So I can't go behind him without hitting him. So I do far left as hard as I can and as quick as I can. And I actually come by and I, I tick his front license plate with my right rear quarter. And I hit a bunch of gravel on the left side. It sends me into a spin. I'm spinning down this road. This is, it's, a, it's an overpass, so it's about four lanes wide, even though it's two lanes. I'm spinning down the on, uh, on the overpass into this gas station. I hop the curb. I, take, I jump an entire storm ditch. This thing's like six feet wide break the right rear wheel in half, break the axle of the hub, and slam the right rear quarter into a gas gas pump, breaking off my rear spoiler. And I, I not the gas pump itself. I hit the, the post outside the pump. But you're probably lucky it was there. Very lucky. Yeah. Like I said, this is my own stupid fault, guys. Learn from my mistakes. You go fast in the wrong places, this is what happens. Uh, luckily, and extremely luckily, I knew a guy who worked for the towing company in town. And so I called the towing company directly, and he said, I'm going to get out there as quick as I can, and we're going to get your car out of there as quick as we can. And we did. We were gone within 25 minutes, literally. And he went and grabbed my car and towed it back to my house before the police could show up. I left uh, the gas station, my insurance information. I said, you know, and I was like, I'll just tell him to hit some gravel. I'm good for it. Here you go. <laughs> and I got, that was probably the luckiest moment of my entire life. But the worst part of what it was, 
the week before I had fin- uh, my friend Jeff Miller from JMI had finished the paint and body on that car complete top to bottom black with uh, violet pearl and he did me a huge favor on this thing so the worst part of all that was knowing how much work he had put into that and you had fresh paint on the car yeah, yeah. And it was perfect when I did it and Jeez. yeah that easily my own fault easily the worst experience I've ever had in a car wow See, I haven't, I'm, I've been sitting here thinking about it. Like, obviously, we, the Maserati issue outside of Twist two years ago, we, but that, that ended well. Like, the car blew up, Maserati took the tow bill. I mean... Then you drove the GTR. I drove the GTR. Um, as far as, and I'm, 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 like I said, I've not, I haven't had a lot of trouble with cars. Like, most of the stuff that, that's happened has been pretty good. The one story I have is, is somewhat of a family story. Um, and I'm trying to think what year this was. Um, probably would have been... 2000, 2002, my parents, we lived in Spokane at the time, or they lived in Spokane at the time. I think I did too, obviously. Um, and the Volvo V40 was this brand new car on the market, and they were, and, and Camp BMW Volvo over there. My dad went down, and my parents, this was the first car they'd ever specced, and we specced out a red wagon. It was gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous Volvo car. And I think it was one of the first ones to actually make it into the States. Like, I mean, we, it was just one of those things like where we happened to be at the right time at the right, they were, like they had just introduced the car and we, you know, we had never, hadn't even seen one and we, we, we drove an, a different Volvo and they ordered it and it, it came in, it took a little while to come in. And um, out of the first year my dad owned that car, out of 365 days, it was in the shop almost 280, almost 300 days. Wow. To the point where at the end of all this, we were starting to talk about the lemon laws. Volvo came to us and lemon lawed it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was, there were squeaks, there were rattles. I'm just fearing bad press. When it, when it, when it ran, it was a great car. I mean, it was comfortable. It was, but, and it was, it, it was safe, but there was just, it was, it was just, maybe it was rushed to market. Maybe it was one of the first ones. It was horrible. And I felt really sorry because, you know, like this was, you know, I'm a big car guy, and this was a neat car. Like we, my parents, said, we were always Subaru guys, and you know, my dad had that 1985 535, which I will, I, I will find that car someday with the gold VBS wheels. I will have that car back. <laughs> um, it's actually here, it's in Seattle. But this car, they had specced it out. It was just, it was just a, you know, something. It's one of these things like where, you know, as a car guy, and and my parents had bought this. You know, people think, oh, it's a Volvo. Like, but it was like it was gonna, it was all wheel drive, and we were in Spokane. And it was, we had all this great ideas about it but then it just turned out to be this, this and i will say this a great credit to volvo because they well they would they wouldn't have had a choice <laughs> they came to us before we went to them i'm pretty sure that's how the story goes but it, it was it was tough and they, my parents ended up my, ended up with a, a 325 xi a e46 wagon which was a great car yeah it's a cool car love that car but i mean that's i mean that's pretty much the worst i mean you have to think my first car was a 1979 ford granada that my grandfather gave me for free which you know I I sometimes joke about the fact that uh, when he gave it to me for free, I still overpaid for that car. Um, but it was uh, it was Granny Apple Green and had this ugly interior. But I tell you, like my mom said, she goes, I wasn't worried about you. She goes, because you could hit anything, not that you should have, and you would have been fine. Like she goes, it was just so like you slammed the door and like the windows in the house would rattle. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was it was a great car. But that's probably the worst car experience that I have. I mean, everything else I've done, I mean. I mean, I, I used to be part of a customization shop that in, in Spokane, and, and we did some stuff with cars. I had a 2000 Subaru Legacy that I modified. And looking back, I was an idiot. But <laughs> We all were looking back. We all, we all were. I mean, at least I didn't slide sideways into a gas station at 100 miles an hour. That'd be stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like I said, learn from my mistakes, but I'm not, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not throwing do stones in glass Do what I say, not there. what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, we have a few more. Uh... Well, we've got we've got something that has come up, and we're it's going to be a whole other episode because um, many people have come to us and wanting to get deeper into the car industry, not just here in the Northwest, but in the in the world. And they've they've asked us, who should I know? And we have, I mean, we've had a lot of people on our show that we believe that's kind of the reason we did the show. It's like people you should know. Yeah, we've talked about that before. It was like, hey, we know all these cool people who are doing a lot of cool stuff for the community, and we should do a show about it and bring them on so that people know them. Yeah. Um, we are. I've got, oh, let's answer a few more questions, but I will just drop one in here that I feel like at this point, everybody should know. If you're new to the car world and you have a nice car and you want to get involved, your probably best starting point is Adam from Avant at this point. And it really is. They're not a paid sponsor from ours. But if I, when I have a question and I'm looking for answers, I actually post in Avant's. Because yeah. it's not just some random guys on a car forum 
who know a little bit a little about that, like he has more connections and he's made them very well and very respectfully with a lot of local businesses. And we've mentioned that before on here is that we will send you to businesses because we want to direct you to experts, people who do this for a living versus people who just have opinions about stuff they've read on the internet. Talk to somebody who's put their hands on it a lot. Uh, that's my starting point. I and we vet, we vet people. Like I said, it's big it's, time. It's, it's it's people that we've worked with or people that we know have other others have worked with. But it is. I just want to say that that is going to be an upcoming episode. It might even be next week. I don't know. But um, it's it's going to be something that we really think. Obviously, it's a question that keeps getting asked. So it's like, okay, fine, we'll do an episode about it. It'll be good. Yeah. Um, There's a fun one here that I like. Here, what is the single best mod you've done to a car? Well decals makes it faster totally done deal <laughs> um man i don't i was kind of avoiding giving such a generic answer but it's true uh tires tires have drastically changed the way i've driven cars i mean hugely drastically like uh even for my land cruiser uh my bfg ko2s have taken me more places than i expected i mean within reason i know they're not mud tires but they wear like iron. They've taken me through sub-freezing, like down to negative 20 degree temps and up to 100 plus. They're just fantastic all around tire uh, that places I didn't think were possible. And with the Corvette the and with every other car I've driven, the Pilot Supersports, switching to a pure performance street tire. I don't mean a track tire. Like you've got your Cup 2s and things like that that are great, even on the street, but they have a limited heat range. I've been super impressed. We just talked about it in the last episode with uh, the Continentals. Yeah. Like that has probably transformed my cars more than anything else I've done, which makes sense because that's what's hitting the road. I was going to say the the Weapon R intake on my 92 Subaru Legacy. <laughs> I mean, just the way it made the under the hood of my under, under my hood shine. It was just, you know, I mean. I was going to say uh, for the more fun stuff, though, probably exhaust on the vet. That's been my most enjoyable. Like I never get sick of the sound of that car. But I've mid- you put exhaust on the vet? Just mid pipes. Oh, OK. I was like. Yeah, I didn't even do a full system on that. Yeah. But exhaust on my cars has been probably one of my favorite mods I've ever done. I will say the, the one that's been the most fun for me, like the, as a lot of you that know me, my BMW started life as a 325XI. We, my father, <laughs> unbeknownst to my mother, who wasn't really happy about it, it was, it was the company car before the Maserati was, and then I bought it from them. Um and he had he was over here one time and, and ran into this BMW dealership and did dining on it. And it was the fu- it was the most fun process, like because we started with a car that's all wheel drive and it doesn't it's a three twenty five it doesn't have a lot of horsepower. But what the the little stuff that Dynan did to it made it a lot of fun. I mean between the suspension, the chip, the intake, and like this weekend we were driving like I for- I forgot that I had a front strut tire bar in that car. Oh yeah, and I always I've forget that I hood. that I have. Oh yeah, it's it 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 it's it's. Looks great, but it actually works. And I, I didn't get the rear one. In fact, I think I own the rear one, but I've never put it in. Or maybe I thought I owned it and I sold it because it takes up all of the trunk. Like you have to cut oh, your trunk yeah. in half. I've and seen that it in trunk the is that trunk is small. But the dining stuff has been the best thing. I mean, it's just even with the short throw shifter and all that. It's it's been a great. I mean, it, it took a car that didn't have a lot of horsepower and it still doesn't, but it made it a lot of fun. Yeah, horsepower doesn't necessarily make cars night and day that much more fun no. to drive. It's to handling by far has been more fun for me with that, every car I've done. That brake upgrade we did the the the, the calipers and or that the calipers the uh, the pads, pads the rotors. I mean, yeah. Even though it was one of these things, I don't know if we talked about it. Like we were doing the brakes on the BMW, and, and Dan looks at me and goes, "Well, you can just get regular rotors for like forty dollars or whatever." And he goes, "Or you can get them slotted and drilled for like forty two And I was like. Slotted and drilled it is. <laughs> Which I'll, I will say out there again at this point, it doesn't actually add anything. Oh, no, benefit. it doesn't anything, but it looks good. <laughs> it looks really cool. <laughs> I've got slotted rotors. I did brakes on uh, uh, a buddy of mine's car. He has a Highlander, and it's got slotted rotors all the way around. And it was just like, oh, they look cool. Yeah, absolutely. It was the oh, same price, so why not? spinning, yeah. Ooh. Uh, the follow-up to that was, what was the most disappointing mod? Oh, I know this one right off the top of my head. That's easy. That's the intakes on my GTR. And on my Corvette, for that matter, intake has been the most worthless thing I've oh, done to I any car. I putting that intake on the vet. Yeah, it's a, it was a pain in the butt to install. It didn't give me... It didn't fit. Yeah, it's still... It, <laughs> like, I had to wrench it in there. And uh, without a tune, the dramatic difference it makes... Like, the engines now are so efficient that without a tune, it's really not beneficial. It looks cool, and maybe it definitely sounds cooler, especially on the Audi. Uh, I don't have an intake on the Audi yet. I have a couple of friends with Audis, but... It's one of those things that um, motors are so tight now. If like if you're not going to do a tune with it and you want to stay under warranty like I did, it's totally not worth it. That was money wasted because I can't hear my supercharger any louder. I've got a dead spot between like 
thousand and seventeen hundred that isn't there without the intake because it's too much air down low and it, the throttle body or the mass airflow can't compensate as well. So it does give it more mid range up top, but I'm not I'm not racing the car. So the need for more power in a six hundred and fifty horsepower car between five and sixty five hundred RPMs is not worth it at all. Especially not to lose the low end because it makes it harder to drive around town, which I still do on occasion. I like to drive the car all the time. So and and the GTR it was even worse because I got the smaller downsized one. We've talked about this before, but the car couldn't uh, compensate for altitude. Well, guess what? If you're going from here, you go to sea level to nine thousand feet. You can do that in a day here or eight thousand or whatever it is going over the passes. And the car runs like crap at those altitudes. If you tune it, like I said, you're good to go. Yeah. But without the tune and you're trying to stay under warranty, by far the most worthless mod I've done. Um, I've done a lot of stupid shit to cars. <laughs> so fine. I mean, for God's sake, I really did have a Weapon R intake on my 92 Super Legacy wagon. Oh, I drilled the airbox on my Volkswagens. And then I also had the engine covered in like, I went and got those, those, uh, those like hose covers that were bright yellow. So yeah. Bright yellow engine with a Weapon R. It was the dumbest <laughs> thing. In the I mean, I look back and I go, oh, I what was too. wrong with you? And I remember my mom looking at me going, why are you doing that? Like. Thanks for, thanks for not being calling me stupid mom. But um <laughs> disappointing mod like I haven't nothing has I've done has really disappointed me. Like I've I've bought cheap tires and paid the price. I've bought, you know, cheap brakes and paid the price. Uh, you know, but I've never I've never like I'm trying to think, like anything that like I went and got uh, put on the car and then took off. Like I haven't you know, I've done a lot of stupid stereo stuff and things like that that was just but Oh yeah, I added like probably 200 pounds to a 944 back oh, in the day with Rockford Fosgate amp and jail W6. Did you see that 944 that was driving by us yesterday that had bikes on the back of it? It had a bike rack on the back of it? That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So I'm glad I've ever seen nine, more 944s out. I think but, it was a 944. That's the front engine, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was a 944 and he had a bike rack on the back. I've awesome. never seen that. But it was bright red. It was like, you know, nice car. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, Dan, this is the most requested question we get and and we're not joking it is actually it is the most requested one and he has done something about this actually not he hasn't done he, he started he, how how do i put this you're you're giving into you're giving into your your problem and the question we is dan talks about and loves every single dog that comes to exotics Revan town center i really do. or everywhere dan is a dog lover he really oh, yeah. is and everybody goes well why doesn't dan have a dog well dan has everybody else's dogs but exactly Tell everybody what you have done this weekend to fulfill your your loving of dogs. So I Boy, started, this, that, this can go in a really dark direction. <laughs> I started a new Instagram page of the other three that I manage. So I have four now. But it's called the Pets of RTC. Because yep. I keep taking photos of dogs at exotics and other car shows. And I made it RTC because that's where I take the most most photos of them. But yeah, if you see me at RTC, chances are you'll find me like finding somebody's dog and be like, yay. Well, in most of the other photos, you, the people don't know you're taking them, so you, you, you can't post those. <laughs> or Bush's photos. Are you taking a photo of me? No, just your German Shepherd, ma'am. <laughs> it's a lovely coat. <laughs> <laughs> there was this, oh, that one guy brought over that, uh, that Great Dane, this big gray one at Exotics. Is that the one that came in the back of the Ferrari? Yes. Yeah. And it was like the nicest dog ever, except every time it leaned against me, it directly pushed me over. It was a horse. <laughs> yes. A small horse, yeah. We, that's one of the great things is we have a lot of great pet owners that come to exotics and a lot of the events around here, and love and you know, that's one of the things I got to work on is I got to get Bart. He doesn't like the noises of the cars. I've got to start working I gotta on. Got to socialize him more. Well, I mean, yes, he's he's living a high life, you know, up there on the seventh floor, <laughs> looking down. But you know, he's you know, speaking of pets, I'm gonna drop. She doesn't listen to our podcast, but uh, there's one of the girls from uh, Park Place. She okay. has a new pet. And it, oh, her. And it is a pet skunk. And it is the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. I've heard they make really good pets if you ha when they're when they're babies you have the the scent glands taken out. Yeah, I don't I don't know the story behind it, but uh yeah, I keep telling her to bring it to exotics cuz I really want to see a pet skunk cuz I never have before. <laughs> I watched some of <laughs> the videos that show in last night. I want a meerkat now. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I will name it Timon. <laughs> you because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> Come on. Just if you were walking and you saw a guy walking down the street with a meerkat and a warthog, would you not assume they were Timon and Pumbaa? I was just going to assume I was going to call you Pumbaa. <laughs> Pumbaa, not in front of the kids. Sorry. <laughs> Akuna Matata, Dan. Akuna Matata. So, yeah. Anyway, I am, I, if I, 
if I ever stay in one place long enough and stop traveling and driving so much, I might actually get a dog. But I'm stay it. You've lived here your whole life. I mean, like stay home. I'm one of those. <laughs> I, if you know me and you see me around dogs, yeah. I am one of those people that like if I have a pet dog, it is going to be like with me twenty four seven. Yeah, it's a co pilot. Yeah, yep. that thing will be on my hip. I will never leave home without it because I, I would feel terrible. I got you. I'm just, I'm not one of those people. I can't do it. Like I said, I love animals. It's just. You're smarter to do that than buy a dog and then have it suffer. Yeah. So, like I yeah. just can't imagine. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I know plenty of dogs that stay home and they're fine. But I would be like that person on their home cam all day looking at the dog, like talking to it through the mic. You're okay. I'm sorry. You'd have one of those cameras where you can push a button and it throws a treat out. Exactly. Yeah. It's ex- and I look, yeah. they're on, they were on Prime Day sale today too. And I was like, I don't need that. <laughs> but I kind of want it in case I need it later. <laughs> I, and I have a question, and 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 you guys can comment on on the bottom of the vlog uh, on Facebook or something. How many people today? We recorded this on Monday on Prime Day. Went and bought something that you didn't need, but you did because I bought a camera that I didn't need to overlook the apartment where I live by myself, <laughs> <laughs> just in case. Just in, I mean, I don't know. Like it's just. It's, I told you, you can put out, you can point out the window and no, do, like, I, I will. I, I mean, I do have a plan for it, but it's not perverted or weird. So. Don't look at me like that. It's not. <laughs> You're not going to be a star, Nick. <laughs> I am. I'm a, my mom says I'm a star. <laughs> Mama says I'm special. I got creepy. I can run. <laughs> <laughs> I only spent four dollars today. Yeah, that's pretty good for a Prime Day. You only spent four dollars. Four dollars on a USB 3.1 to network adapter for my Surface. Oh well. Yeah, four bucks. One of those. Um, yeah, I forgot it was Prime Day. I think the, I think they had some issues today. The yeah, they're, was down. they're just like kind of, crashing yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah it sounds so. like an AWS issue to me. Oh, I don't know what that means. As you're fighting words. Wait, <laughs> is that like A and W root beer? AWS? <laughs> no. Okay. All right, guys, we're rambling. Obviously, the ADD, ADHD has kicked in, and it's late at night. But um, um, our, like I said, coming up on one of our, our future episodes, we are going to talk about the most people we think you should know in the car industry, and obviously, anybody that we suggest are people that are. Men, men and women are the people. They're not people that we would send you to that you wouldn't be able to make contact with. Yeah, and not like for that matter. All good yeah, people. All um, good people. That's it. Join us Saturday, uh, Italian Date Exotics. You can come come say hi. Come see us. Um, if it's we will be running around like crazy early at Exotics, but if you come to us, we're human. We like hugs. Yeah, yeah. Or and bring your dogs. Yes, bring your dogs. Bring your dogs. So, so yeah. but anytime after like nine thirty ten, we're usually kind of settled in and the gates are closed down. And we would love to talk more with people who it's. It always blindsides me when somebody says, "Oh, I listen to your podcast," but it's I love it. It's so flattering. It makes us feel great. We say Dan and I say it all the time. Like we, we had no idea that people were going to listen to this. We, you know, half the time Dan and I have a hard time listening to each other. So we really appreciate it. But um, for Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. I'm Dan, and don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.